ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألم يعلم بأن الله يرى وقال تعالى وهو معكم أينما كنتم وقال تعالى واتقوا يوما ترجعون فيه إلى الله ثم توفى كل نفس ما كسبت وهم لا يظلمون صدق الله العظيم My most respected brothers and elders Al-Umar ibn al-Khattab رضي الله تعالى was Amir al-Mu'minin he was the leader of the believers it was his habit that at night he would go around the gullies and the streets of Medina Munawwara to check if everybody was okay. Perhaps some person may be in a distressful condition, in need, and he would see to the need of the person and to ensure that everything was secure and safe. One particular night as he was walking around with his attendant, after some time he takes a rest, leans against a wall of a house as he's sitting there suddenly he overhears a conversation between a mother and a daughter and it seemed as though they were busy filling milk in bottles and that was the business that they were doing and the mother tells the daughter that instead of filling the entire bottle with milk, add some water to each bottle, you'll get more contents, and we'll be able to sell more milk, we'll get more money in this way. The daughter then replies, she says, but mother, Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu has given an order that we should not do so, such a thing. The mother says, but where is Amir al-Mu'mineen now? It's night. Umar is not here. My respected brothers and elders, the answer that this young girl gives to her mother is something for all of us to reflect upon, to cogitate. She says, Oh my mother, how could we obey Amirul Mu'mineen in public and disobey him in privacy? Some scholars have written that she answered in the following way, that Oh my beloved mother, if Umar is not watching, then where is the ilah of Umar? Is not the Allah of Umar watching us? Umar radiallahu ta'ala became extremely pleased with this reply of this young girl. He goes away home. The next day he sends his attendant to go back to the house, find out who are these people. And then the information is brought back to him that this is just a mother and daughter living. They've got no menfolk. Father had passed on. So they were doing some type of business to earn some livelihood. And they should sell milk. So Umar radiallahu ta'ala immediately sends for a proposal for his son 
to this daughter because he re- realized the piety of this daughter. And from that wedlock, we find that Umar bin Abdul Aziz, rahmatullahi alayhi, the second Umar, he was born. My respected friends and elders, this is something that all of us, we need to remind ourselves in every moment of our life, every second of our life, no matter where we may be, no matter what we may be doing, the fact that Allah is watching us. And this consciousness has to be developed in our hearts that my Allah is watching me. And if we are able to develop this consciousness, in Arabic it is known as Al-Muraqabah. Allah is Al-Raqib. He's watching us all the time. Muraqabah means that a person develops within himself this consciousness, this strong sense of consciousness that Allah is watching me. And when a person will do this, then he will stay away from sins. He will not disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if he happens to slip into some sin, immediately, immediately, he'll be reminded that Allah was watching me, so he will return to Tawbah and Istighfar. Unfortunately today, we find ourselves going through a spiritual ebb, a low, and some heedlessness, ghafla. We tend to forget our responsibilities as a bondsman, a bondswoman of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We forget that Allah is our master, He is our creator, He is our nourisher, He is our sustainer, and we forget that moth is a reality, and we forget that qiyamah is a reality. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has repeatedly mentioned the fact that qiyamah is a reality. It is going to take place. No person can escape death and no person will escape the reality of qiyamah. In fact, towards the end of the Holy Quran, especially in the 30th Jews, <coughs> surahs upon surahs, Sayyid Qutb rahmatullahi alayhi, in his Fiziral al-Quran, in his masterpiece, he mentions like a person who goes to some person's house, he knocks on the door first. First perhaps it's a gentle knock. And it's something very serious. He needs to get the attention of the person, the owner of the house. There's an emergency, there's an urgency. So he knocks on the door. And there's no reply. He knocks again louder. There's no reply. A third, a fourth knock. He's, he's now banging on the door. Like that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, verses of Qiyamah, Ammay tasa'alun. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks more in the Quran. Al-Qari'ah. Al-Qari'ah itself means the knocker. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in various surahs of the Holy Quran is repeatedly directing our attention, awakening us from our slumber. That listen, Qiyamah is a reality. It is going to take place. Yawma yaqoomun nasu li rabbil alameen. Where every person, mankind, will be standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, this verse in Surah Al-Mutaffifin, where Allah opens this surah with the following words, وَيْلٌ لِلْمُتَفِّفِينَ Wail means destruction, or a pit of Jahannam, for those, simple translation, who involve in fraudulent dealings. When it comes from, for them to take from, from the person then he takes in full 
When it's time for him to give back, he pays in short. And this is fraud. And how often we find, and this is no secret, unfortunately, it is our weaknesses, that so many people are involved in fraudulent dealings. So many people, when it comes to receiving their share of the inheritance, they make sure they get every cent. But when it comes to them to pay other heirs of their share, years have gone past, and those innocent, masum heirs, sometimes they are young children, have not been given their shares. People have invested, and suddenly we find that the investment, they get nothing. People sell goods, they buy goods. So many times we are deceiving people. Allah says, Do these people not realize that they will be resurrected on the day of Qiyamah? For that very great day, catastrophic day, the day where a person will run away from his own siblings. A man will run away from his siblings, from his parents, from his wife, from his children. The horror of Qiyamah, the terror of Qiyamah, the trepidation a person will experience on the day of Qiyamah, not knowing what's going to happen now, what's going to be my outcome, what's going to be my result, will I be successful, will I be failing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Each person will be consumed in his own worry. Like when a person comes back from overseas, he's got his five, six pieces of luggage, he's got his trolley. He is not prepared to take any other person's trolley out through customs. At that time, every person puts his trolley on his, uh, his bags on his trolley and he walks quickly out of the customs so that nobody must stop him. A person may plead to you, why don't you just take two bags for me? I'm sorry, I'm very busy. I've got my own, my own worry to, to, to worry about. My own matter to worry about. And therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the day of Qiyamah as in shayun The earthquake, the tremor of Qiyamah is a very serious one. Not like that of the world. So respected brothers and elders, this consciousness that my Allah is watching me, my Allah is watching me. You know, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala, as I mentioned, he would go out and he would survey the area. Sometimes he goes to the outskirts of Madinah Munawwara. And one particular journey of his, he sees a shepherd with a flock of sheep. So Umar ibn Khattab decides to test this shepherd. And he goes to him and tells him, Brother, and this person does not know that this is Amir al-Mu'mineen addressing him. He says, can you give me one sheep? He says, no I cannot. Why? He belongs to my master, it doesn't belong to me. Then Umar gives him an offer. He said, okay, I'll pay you for it. You'll make some money. All you need to tell your master that a wolf came and it attacked the sheep and it devoured one of the sheep and this used to happen. So you'll lose nothing. You'll gain in fact. And I also will gain. And your master will believe you. My respected brothers and elders, this is the sabak, the lesson, the dars for today. When we go back home, repeat these words. Reflect upon these words. Again, an ordinary shepherd. Ordinary shepherd. And he tells Umar ibn Khattab not even knowing that he's addressing Amir al-Mu'mineen. And he tells Umar, my master is not here. 
Perhaps I can deceive him. But, فَأَيْنَ اللَّهِ فَأَيْنَ اللَّهِ Then where is Allah? Where is Allah? Is Allah not watching? Umar radiallahu became so affected by these two words. Aina means where? Allah. Where is Allah then? He goes back towards Madinah Munawara. And as he's going back, these words he repeats to himself, Fa'ina Allah, Fa'ina Allah, Fa'ina Allah. The next day he sends his slave, he says, go and purchase this shepherd from his master. And so the person goes and he buys the slave and he brings him to Umar ibn Khattab and Umar then Amir al-Mu'mineen addresses him and tells him, I have freed you. You are no longer a slave. I've purchased you from your master and I've given you a freedom. And then he says, just as I have given you freedom today, I have hopes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that these two words that brought, that brought you your freedom in this world, it will bring you your freedom in the year after from the fire of Jahannam. فَأَيْنَ اللَّهِ فَأَيْنَ اللَّهِ There was a very beautiful woman in Makkah. Extremely beautiful. And one day as she is looking at herself in the mirror, and preening herself, and combing her hair, and admiring herself, and then she shouts out to her husband, she says, you think there will be any person who will be spared from my beauty and he won't become infatuated with my beauty? So the husband remarks, yes, there's one person. Who is it? He says, Ubaid bin Umair. Ubaid bin Umair was known for his piety, for his taqwa. She says, give me a chance and I'll show you how I will even sweep Ubaid bin Umair off his feet. And how I will entice him. He says, go ahead. So she goes. She has covered her face. Ubaid bin Umair was a scholar, a very pious person. And yet, she called him on one side. So he goes. Pretending as though she needs something. She needs to ask some questions, some masala on deen. And suddenly she opens. She lifts her veil. And he sees her beauty. He looks down immediately. And then she tells him, Listen, I'm in love with you. I have become infatuated with you. Why don't you fulfill my desires? There's nobody around you. Ubay bin Umir rahmatullahi alayhi says, Okay, I will see to your needs. But I've got a few questions. If you answer them, then I will fulfill your needs. She said, Go ahead. Thinking that now she has enticed him. She has infatuated him. He says, tell me at this moment, if I have to fulfill your needs, and whilst fulfilling your needs, malakul moth has to appear. Will you still fulfill your need or will you back off? She says, I will never fulfill my needs. Malakul moth. He says, tell me if you are in the qabr, and whilst Munkar and Nakira asking you those three questions. Man Rabbuk, ma adinuk, man hadha rajul. At that time, will you fulfill your passions and desires? She says, never. He says, okay, imagine it is the day of Qiyamah and the books of deeds are now being handed out. The good people will get the book of deeds in the right hand, the evil ones in the left hand. May Allah give us a book of deeds in the right hand. 
At that time will you fulfill your desire? She says, never. He says, if you were, when you are standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the hadith of Rasulullah says, مَا مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا سَيُكَلِّمُهُ رَبُّهُ لَيْسَ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهُ تَرْجُمَانِ That every single one of us, every single one of us, will stand all alone before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There will be no interpreter between us and Allah. No translator between us and Allah. No person to assist us. You will stand before Allah all alone. And we have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding our actions. He says, at that moment, will you fulfill your evil desires? She says, never. Then he says, when Allah is watching you all the time, then why do you want to commit this evil and heinous crime? Immediately it becomes the means of her hidayat. She changes her entire life. She realizes that my Allah is watching me. This Allah consciousness comes into her heart. She goes back home. And suddenly her husband sees her as a new person. And now it is mentioned in the books, he begins to lament. That I don't know why I went and sent her to Ubaid bin Umair. She was like a new bride every night. Now she became a rahiba, a abida, a buzruk. Whole night now she is engaged on the, she's on the musalla. And she is busy with her ibadah and tahajjud. She's got no time for me. My respected brothers and elders, the consciousness that my Allah is watching me will become a deterrent from sinning. The person is tempted, he's enticed. Nobody is watching. My wife is not around. My kids are not around. I can do, go into some pornographic site. I can do this, I can do that. Some person may say, let me just take some drugs. There's nobody watching me. Or I can involve myself in some haram deal. Remember, Allah is watching. Jo karta hai tu chupke ahle jaha se Jo karta hai tu chupke ahle jaha se Koi dekhta hai tujhe asma se that what you're doing secretly and people are not seeing you in this world you in privacy but Allah is watching you from the sky Imam Ash-Shafi'i rahmatullahi alayhi mentions إِذَا مَا خَلُوتَ الدَّهْرَ يَوْمًا فَلَا تَقُلْ خَلُوتُ وَلَكِنْ قُلْ عَلَيَّ رَقِيبُ the exact meaning what I'm saying he says when you're all alone one night one day and you think that I'm all alone and nobody is with me he says, do not say, I am alone. Say, Allah is raqib. My Allah is watching me. Every movement of my life, every breath I take, my Allah is well away. And He is watching. Alam ya'lam bi anna Allah yara? Does He not know that Allah is watching him? Wa huwa ma'akum ayna ma'akuntum? And Allah is with you wherever you go. Rasulullah says, ittaqillah haythu ma'akunta. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherever you are. You are traveling overseas. You're not with your family. You think I'm alone. Now you're tempted. Shaitan, your nafs, your desires, your shahwat will pull you towards zina, pull you towards evil. At that time, remind yourselves that my Allah is watching me. I cannot displease my Allah. I need to please my Allah. The moment the person does this, when he's given an opportunity to do some haram, and he reminds himself that my Allah is watching me, especially when he comes to casting lustful glance or committing zunzina and he refrains from it, then Allah will give him the sweetness of Iman. The sweetness of Iman. 
May Allah grant all of us the sweetness of Iman. May Allah protect us from being tempted with vice and evil. So we have to be strong. And this heart has to develop the consciousness of muraqaba that my Allah is watching me. I cannot displease my Allah. There's a very intriguing story that some scholars have written of a person, he was married, happy life, and he would travel overseas, abroad. His wife would accompany him. And he would go on his business uh, journeys. And after some time, obviously the lady is difficult for them to keep on accompanying the husband and they get busy at home. So she, the subsequent travel, she could not accompany her husband, so she remained at home. But something within her, the instinct within her, gave her some type of feeling that something doesn't look right here. When my husband is going so often, she became a bit suspicious. It looks like he's got somebody else. So she makes a plan and she sends somebody on the next trip. Just go and check very secretly if everything is okay or there's something fishy carrying on. Apparently the husband had gone and one of his business trips he fell in love with a woman. So he did not want to come with zina and then whatever happened he made he performed a nikah with her. So she was his lawful legal wife, the second wife, but he did not inform the first wife at all. So she was in the dark regarding this. But the first wife now gets the information, yes, your husband is married to so and so. And she does not know that woman. But the, but the story goes that the wife remains silent, the first wife. She doesn't question the husband. She continues her life as normal. He also comes, goes. And there comes a time when he becomes ill and he passes away. She had no children and she was the sole heir and she was going to inherit from his entire inheritance. Now look at her Allah consciousness. She takes the money, divides it into half, writes a little note and sends her attendant to that place with this money and this note to that particular wife, her co-wife. And this person goes, delivers the parcel, and this woman looks at the letter. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, I'm so and so, and I was the first wife of our husband, and I came to know that you are the second wife, uh, our husband has passed on, may Allah make his maghfirat, inna lillahi wa inna ilihi raji'oon, but it is my moral, my spiritual, my Islamic duty, that I should also inform you and you also get half the share of his inheritance because we are the only two heirs. So this is your share of the inheritance. Which one of us would have ever thought that and done that? We would have said, no, nobody knows. Nobody told me. Nothing. So I can just keep quiet about it. I would have got the entire inheritance. The scholars have written then that that wife, the second wife, the co-wife, she looked at it. She says, Inna lillahi wa inna rajun. She takes the entire parcel, gives it back to that attendant with a note saying, My dear sister, yes, I was a second wife of our husband, but so many months prior to his demise, he had divorced me. I was no longer his wife on his demise. I am not a lawful heir of his inheritance. It belongs to you entirely. This is Allah consciousness. This is Allah consciousness. When we're doing the deal, 
Remember Allah is watching us. Rasulullah went past the marketplace and he happens to thrust his hand into a sack of some grain. And he finds that inside the corn of the grain was wet. And he asked the seller of the grain, what is it? Why is it wet? He said, last night it rained. He said, but then you should have kept it on top. And the customer would have seen and you could have explained to him that this is, has become a defect good and you covered it up with the dry corn and this person innocently he will come and purchase it not knowing that some of the grain or the corn has become defected. لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ غَشَّنَا Rasulullah tells him the one who deceives us he is not of us. He cannot claim that he is my follower. It's a very serious statement of Rasulullah he mustn't claim that he is a follower of Rasulullah when he is indulging these type of practices. So respected brothers and elders, there are so many more intriguing incidents in the life of Sahaba, Salafi Salihin, that all highlight the importance of you and I becoming Allah conscious. If we have Allah consciousness, then our conscience will worry us. Then when it comes to the rights of Allah, we will fulfill Allah's rights. We make a mistake, we make tawbah istighfar. When it comes to the rights of people, our neighbors, family members, our workers, our employees, employers, so many people are working for some company. And they are not given specific permission to perhaps use some things, some items in the office or use the vehicle for his own personal needs. Without permission, the person is using all this. Because his boss is somewhere overseas. This is incorrect. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us all the time. If we have this Allah consciousness, then we'll fulfill the rights of people as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq and hidayat to make amal and bring in our life the fact that my Allah is watching me. My Allah is watching. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Respected brothers and elders, be all aware of the catastrophe that has taken place, the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. And Allah has made it such that as believers, no matter how far away we may be, but we just feel for our Muslim brothers and sisters. And immediately, we try to our level best to assist them in whatever way we can. Right now, there are so many people from South Africa, some are Muslims, some are even non-Muslims, but who have gone to aid and, and help and rescue so many thousands of people to the best of their ability, whatever they are able to rescue. And we have got reports back from young masoom children. It was a child that was removed after so many days. This is also a miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, little baby. And they are searching frantically for who this, who are the parents of this child. And they can't find, find out who are the parents of this child. Perhaps they have also passed on. And the medical staff then say, that do not worry, we will be the parents of this child until somebody is found. It reminds me of the story of Bashir bin Aqraba radiallahu His mother had passed away and he was in Madina Munawara with his father. And a time had come when the men folk had to go out in the path of Allah and Bashir radiallahu with his other friends walking in the gullies of Madina. Little boy. He's all alone, he's got nobody else. And sometime later, news comes back that now the men are returning. The Sahaba are returning. So with the other youngsters and the young, young children, Bashir goes into the outskirts of Medina, waiting to welcome his father. And the men come back and the children go running to their, to their fathers and they give them that hug. 
and they show them that warmth and they were missing them and they kissed them and Bashir looks such as for his father and he can't find his father innocent, masum little child and he goes and he sees Rasulullah Ya Rasulullah where's my papa? where's my abi? where's my father? I don't see him here others have gone back to their father where's my father? Rasulullah realizes his father has become shaheed how is he going to break this news to him? he was rahmatul alameen he tried to just evade the situation then till Bashir could calm down and then he would explain him so Rasulullah just turned away slightly Bashir comes the other way Ya Rasulullah where's my papa? where's my father? Rasulullah bursts out crying he says your father has become the beloved of Allah Bashir little boy begins to cry what's going to happen to me? Rasulullah consoles him he says Bashir aren't you happy from today I will be your father and Aisha will be your mother Raditu, Raditu, Ya Rasulullah, I'm happy, I'm happy. There are so many cases like this. I spoke to a friend of mine from the UK, he was there, he's on ground there. He is from the Ar-Rahma Foundation. Last night he chatted with me, he's had a child with him, 10 years old, his name is Walid. There were 11 members of the family who had come from Syria, living in Turkey as refugees. And after this earthquake, he's the only survivor. 10 years old, only survivor. He does not know what's going to be his future. Where does he go to? Sitting on the lap of this brother who's consoling him and giving him kind words and warm words, making him feel good. My respected brothers and elders, mashallah, collections are taking place everywhere and I believe in this masjid after Juma Salah, there will be lillah funds and zakat. Zakat of course has to be given to, to, to Muslims only. Lillah funds we contribute and give. Whatever we will give, whatever little we can contribute, do it for the sake of Allah. It will reach your Muslim brother and sister. And believe me, they are so appreciative of whatever thing is, whatever is coming to them. And they require food, they require medicine, they require so many things. They've got no clothes, they've got no shelter. May Allah protect all the entire Ummah of Rasulullah especially our brothers and sisters who are going through this musibat. May Allah make maghfirat of all those who passed away. And may Allah assist all those who are assisting them in whatever way. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.